What's up? This is Ralph Trezvan. You're listening to Reviews and Done with my dude, Derek Dunn. Keep it locked, fam. What up, world? Once again, it's Derek Dunn of Reviews and Done back with another A1 interview. My guest today is another DMV native who I'm excited to talk to. I've had the pleasure of meeting this gentleman quite a few times through my uh, son's godfather, Mr. Clarence Wright, a.k.a. Bam. Um, I love his energy. Been a fan for years. Um, this cat has music that's better than some people's entire discographies. We're not, we're not going to you know, say no names, but you know who you are. That's right, folks. Talking about Mr. Raheem Divine, Radio Raheem, the king of Loveland. Welcome to the line, sir. Thank you for having me on Reviews and Done. Thank you so much. So let's uh, get right into it, brother. So growing up in uh, Montgomery and PG County, when did you realize that you wanted to be a singer? Oh, man. Um, something I always, I think probably back in like 93. That's when I really knew that this was something I wanted to do, do. And I started to really just do it, you know what I mean? And figure it out, you know? Um, that's where it all started to really unfold for me. Um, I would say probably, probably then, that year. So in the early days, when, when you were working the live music scene, hitting up all the you know, spots in D.C. that I guess you, know, you have to hit up as an aspiring DMV artist, what was your favorite spot to go to and perform? You know, there was a period where I would hit um, three spots a week and anything that was like drivable you could take a train or or or, or, or you know uh, dollar bus or what have you you know hitch a ride I, w- I, w- I was there so um it would be monday nights bar none um i believe it was tuesdays uh black lily and uh wednesdays woke wednesday black lily was in philly and then wednesdays would be uh, uh woke wednesdays in baltimore and I and, and I did that circuit maybe for like a year or two faithfully. So after a while, people started to think that, you know, they didn't know whether I lived, you know, people thought I lived in DC, of course, where that was home. And, um, or, you know, people thought I lived in Philly and people thought I lived in Baltimore as well. Cool, cool. Well, you know, man, I gotta thank you for um, hopping on one of my favorite singers tracks, Mr. Eric Robertson on for the love of the game back in 05. And that's actually how I got hip to you before you dropped your first album. So how'd you hook up with Arrow to do for the love of the game? I met Eric. Um, I met Eric um, once I was able to infiltrate the whole touch of jazz um, movement. You know, Jazzy Jeff at the time had a studio, a series of producers, you know, I had been reading credits or whatever. So like when I got, when I got the opportunity to go meet Jeff, you know, it was brought, it was presented to me like they wanted, you know, I met Jeff through Kev Brown and Cy Young, producer Kev Brown. And, um, you know, it was just like, yo, they were like, yo, we want to take you to go meet. Like, they just pulled me aside one day at an open mic. And it was like, man, we've been, man, you're dope. We've been watching what you're doing. You think we should take this ride with us to Philly and meet Jeff. And, man, that went from like, you know, I, I, that went from like a visit to like literally spending weeks at a time up there at the studio, sleeping on couches the whole nine, you know, same clothes for seven days, wash your face, brush your teeth, do it all over again. You know what I mean? And it was like just being like a kid in a candy store. And I'm, that's where I met, that's where I met uh, Eric. That's where I met Jill. That's where I met um, Dwelle, 
like um, all the dope producers, Carvin and Ivan and um, all the guys, man, the top producers out of Philly. Um, so many people, man. So, so many people. I just want to, the names I want to run off, um, but just so many dope artists, songwriters, uh, producers, DJs, MCs that have went on to do phenomenal things. Cool, cool. As I mentioned, you know, your first album dropped in 05 and it helped me through my time in the Air Force when I was deployed in the um, desert. But that second album, bruh, that second one dropped and I was at the time dating my wife and I heard Mo Better. It was yeah. like, yo, man, that has to be in my wedding. But she kind of won that battle because the song was too long for our first okay. dance. Yeah. What, what was the inspiration behind more better because 13 years later and that, that song still holds up and I still yeah. think it's a lovely wedding song. Yeah, I wrote that record. Um, I wrote that record with uh, Jack Splash, uh, who was the producer. You know, I did the lyric and the melody, the melody line, you know, the, the vocal arrangements and all that good stuff. And um, I don't know, man, you know, sometimes you hear things and you just know it's going to be magical. You know what I mean? And for me, it's about the production and, con and connecting with the right producers and the right energy and when the melody's right i hear the right thing and that was just one of that night that was just the that was just the vibe you know um i remember i did the session in two pieces i did the bulk of the song and then i went back and listened to what was missing went back the next day executed the rest and it, it was just an amazing time that record i knew that record was going to be timeless and I, I think we made a big mistake by not putting that out as a single you know we may, i may revisit it um at some point but uh yeah Definitely, definitely one of my favorites from my catalog as well. Cool, cool. So you keep it moving, man. A few years later, you dropped the double album, The Love and War Masterpiece. And I want to commend you for actually having a dope double album because a double album is a huge undertaking for any artist. Uh -huh. And it takes a lot for anybody to pull off a double album. But yours, it just, it flowed so naturally. So what was the creative process for you when you did The Love and War Masterpiece? Um... You know, it was a lot going on in the world at the time. Like, you know, I think we were at war at that time or we had just dealt with, uh, we had, I know we were at war and I, I think, I know, you know, the World Trade Centers that came down, I believe already. Um, and I just wanted to, I wanted to make something that spoke to, you know, the soldiers that were headed off to the war. I wanted to do, I wanted to, make some records that spoke to the, you know, the, the unrest that was going on at that time, you know, and, um, and I just remember just saying like, man, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a move how like Marvin and Bob and those guys did. I'm gonna do, just do something. I, I remember begging the, the, the my, my, I just rapped on the other album. Like I was always working on it. It's my, it's my, it's my nature to always be working on music. So back then it was no different. So the album you're speaking of had just came out and being on a label, the way it works is you work, you work when your budget's open, you know what I'm saying? So my budget had been technically closed with all the business that had been handled from Blood Behind the Melody that was coming out. So that was the focus. So here I, so I, so I, so I'm, so I, so imagine me going to my A&R and begging them to like, give me my budget for my next album. It's like, yo, you ain't even put out, you know, this is sophomore jinx. You know, there's this thing called sophomore jinx and we need to make sure you get, you know, this is a sophomore album. This is an important time. You need to be focused on that. 
And in my mind, I'm like, nah, I got this. I already know what that's going to do. You know what I'm saying? I'm on to the next thing. I'm preparing for the next thing. And I got to work when I'm creative. And, you know, because Wayne, um, the level of success he had um, with, with, with Rob, you know, R. Kelly um, at the time, you know, I think he could relate to what I was doing. I, you know, I, I, I had sim similar characteristics creatively, you know, um, almost identical where I just live in the studio. So, um, so he felt bad. And, 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 and I remember Wayne and, 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 and uh, it was Wayne and it was Wayne in particular that made it happen for me. And he said, hi, right, man, you know, cause they had, I'm like, man, y'all got the studio. I don't understand what you're saying. Cause Jive and Battery were in the same building. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, you know, I didn't understand the politic of it, but it's like, yo, it, how hard is it? Just, you know, put me in the studio with an engineer. Y'all got plenty of money around here. Let's figure it out. And he said, all right, bro, I'm gonna give you seven days and see what you do in seven days. And in seven days, I went crazy. I was in there working nonstop. Like I would go, I had a little hotel across the street and I'd go back and forth and literally, I mean, I wouldn't even eat some days. I mean, I would eat once I got there, and, you know, but I would literally get up, boom, boom, I take a, get enough sleep to rejuvenate myself, boom, boom, brush the teeth, wash the face, boom, boom, go right across the street. Same clothes, all that. Stayed in New York for, for like seven days and I just, and I had, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I think I, and I told him I was going to need two rooms and I was going to go from room to room. You know what I'm saying? And why they, why they be in there working on one thing, boom, boom. I, so I'd be in one room, I did the bulletproof joint, then I go in the other room. Nobody wins a war. And, and, and it just kind of, you know, and then from there, um, you know, um, I got with Kenny Dope, who had his own studio. So then I was like, man, you I'm working on this thing. Kenny was one of the first people I called and told him what I did, what I wanted to do. So then Kenny was like, all right, when the time ran out down there, just come, come across the bridge and come to see caucus. So anybody knows how far Manhattan is from see caucus, it was just like, all right, boom. And I just, I just stayed at Kenny's crib and just like camped out. And, you know, um, that's what, that's why he ended up with so many songs on the album. And then from there, I went down to Philly, you know what I'm saying? Guy with Carvin and Ivan and, and those guys where it was like, hey man, you know, you, your budget don't have to be open to come work. So it just kind of just really happened organically, you know? Um, good times, man, making that, making that Love and War Masterpiece album. You know, at some point I ran into Dr. Cornell West, um, you know, we later got locked up together in D.C., you know, doing a 1% of March, spent the night in jail together and all that good stuff. Um, but, yeah, West, Dr. West was real dope about it. He didn't charge me for nothing. Came in. Um, I, that, he, he did tell me to have one item there, and I'll keep that between us. I'll save it for my book. And, um, and I had that there for him, and, 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 and he did his thing, man, and, and it made it, you know, brought it all, tied it all the way together for me. Cool, cool. Respect, man, for that uh, positivity. So as an album credit reader, I first saw your work with the colleagues who play a big part in your album's due release this Friday on your fifth album. So how did, that, how did they come to your attention? We met, I met the colleagues. I, I, most of my collaborations have happened through social media. Boney James, the colleagues, Big Crit on the hip-hop side, um, uh, Rhapsody, me, me and Ninth Wonders relationship started there. Um, yeah, like a lot of people, I, you know, I've connected with through like social media and just, you know, DM sliding or I was a fan and I'd be like, hey, man, I'm a fan. I, you know, you need something, holler. It won't cost you nothing but some time or we can trade, we can trade off on some things, whatever. You know, some people reach out, you know, I, I want to collaborate with you. What's it going to take? What's it going to cost? 
Um, and you know, I, I'm known for having a quick turnaround. So it's not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep you waiting weeks and stuff for the files. And I literally go in there and, you know, do it that night. You send a beat. If I ain't got nothing going on, I'm going to do it that night. You know, I just, it's just the time, time is everything to me. So I understand the process of time and how important it is and just getting it done, you know? And, um, so that's how we, that's how we met on social media. My man. So I'm halfway through the, um, New album for my for my review. Really feeling it. So, did the COVID pandemic play a part in your writing process for what it's time to be in love? It did, and in the creative space of it, yeah. Some of the songs were already recorded. Um, I'd say probably forty uh, percent of it was already recorded, and then another sixty was created. You know what I mean? During COVID, and um, yeah, it did. You know, I felt like you know. If you listen to it, it's half. It's it's, it's got the con. It's embodied in consciousness, and it feels real black. But then there's these songs that are like, um, that really celebrate intimacy, and you can make love to, and like get it into, and you know they spark the the mood and the aura for like, you know that intimacy. And I was torn between that, but that's always been me, and I realized that that's me. You know what I'm saying? I'm half. I'm 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 half. You know, there's a there's a very conscious side to me that you get musically and lyrically. And it is a very like seductive and, and, and passionate, um, melodic, you know, um, slow jam side to me as well. So I just said, man, you know what? Combine the two. All right, thank you for the slow jams. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so speaking of the pandemic, you know, every year, for as long as I can remember, you've always had the Raheem Divine and Friends holiday concert at the Howard Theater. So have you flirted with possibly doing a virtual concert this year? Yeah, I've been doing virtual concerts, period. Um, just trying to pull it together, man. I, you know, I won't lie and say that it's not difficult, you know. Um, I hope that we do, you know, I'm, I anticipate that we're going to figure out something, um, you know. And, 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 it's, and, and we've been known to take a year off and come back the following year, too. So um, either way, you know, um, the Love Life Foundation will maintain and continue to be of service to the people, um, you know, not just on stage, but off stage as well. And speaking of speaking of your Love Life Foundation, you know, like I told you earlier, love the work that you do uh, from a philanthropic standpoint, especially in the DMV. So how are things going with your Love Life Foundation during the time of COVID? It's going well. We've been able to, you know, when we get calls for different things, we've been able to be, you know, supportive and cut the check and, you know, uh, uh, involved. we've been involved in some food banks. You know, initially we fed um, our essential workers and first responders and, you know, create a home cooked meals for them and drop them off to the hospital and stuff like that. And, you know, we still been doing our part, man. It's definitely slowed down a bit. Um, we got Turkey Drive coming up, you know, for, for Thanksgiving that we're doing a partnership with the, with, with in, in conjunction with, uh, you know, local radio station here and, um, we're working, you know, work in progress always. My man. Well, you know, before I let you go, man, as I do with all my interviews, I got to hit you with a couple of tough jugglers, just, Questions you got to make you think, see how quick you can respond to these. So I'm a diehard No Edition fan. And if they were to give you that phone call and say, yo, Rob, man, we want to cover one of your songs. Off the top of your head, what song would you like to see No Edition cover? No Edition? Yeah, from your catalog. Um, mm, that's tricky. No Edition. Maybe like... Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna grab something from the first album and say maybe like believe. Cool, cool. I was thinking maybe um I don't care or uh, mo better. 
that yeah, Mobetta crossed my mind. You know what I'm saying? That crossed my mind. I don't care crossed my mind too. Fun fact, that's one of the tunes, one of the rare tunes in my catalog I did right. Neo wrote that record. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you know, you're from the DMV, man. So what's your uh, favorite spot if you still eat meat to get mumbo wings from? I, I don't still eat meat, but 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 you don't have to have wings to enjoy mumbo mumbo sauce. I can do the mumbo sauce with a with a plate of fried fish. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. The red snapper or uh, uh, you know some croaker fried. You know. Who's one artist left on your bucket list that you would love to do a collaboration with? That, collaboration with that you haven't already done a song with? Man, Sade. I put that one out there off the rip. Like I would love to. I would love to do some. I got some in the can. I got a record that I recorded with Kenny Dope. Um, it's called "If You Were Mine," and I always said, you know, when the record comes, like if I don't get her on the record, then the goal is I probably call it "Dear Shade." I don't know. <laughs> All right, given the chance, portray any singer on the big screen in a biopic. Who would you like to portray? Marvin Gaye. I see you. I see. You. Yeah, we need to tell Marvin's story. You could do the whole uh, "Hear My Dear" era, or even the. Uh... Absolutely, you had to break that up, though. That would have to be a night, a three night thing, and it probably be other people to play them too. All right. Well, I want to thank you, sir, for um, taking time out of your busy schedule and you know, promotion of your new album. What a time! We love the drops on Friday, which yeah. I'm giving a high rating to, and yeah. I am unbiased, but it's, it's a fire album. So yeah. is there anything you want to add on working fans find you on social media? Um, I mean, of course, once again, never a shameless plug. Uh, what a time to be in love. Available on all digital platforms this Friday. In, in the meantime, enjoy the new singles Marvin used to say, Twilight and Mr. Uh, Midnight. Um, you can find me on social media at Raheem underscore Devon uh, on Twitter, Instagram, Raheem um, Devon on, you know, YouTube.com forward slash Raheem Devon, Facebook.com forward slash Raheem Devon. And I'm also on a new app, uh, Clubhouse app as well, um, at Raheem Devon. All right, folks, you heard it from Mr. Uh, Loveland himself, Radio Raheem. Check him out. And I want to thank again, thank this gentleman again for stopping my, my podcast to bless me with his presence. And you folks know I could end it with a quote, and we're going to keep it in D.C. The writer's gift can make us see ourselves and our morals differently than our reality, than our reality suggests. Michael Eric Dyson. Until the next time, done out. Hey, it's your man Royale Watkins, writer, comedian, director, husband, father, friend. You are checking out Reviews and Done, right? Be sure to check out this episode and be sure to check out some of the other amazing episodes. Shout out to my man Derek Dunn for having me on the show. And we'll look forward to you guys checking us out soon.